0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. College basketball is back. Lots of games going on this afternoon. We'll see if Virginia... Can pick up a win today, of course, uh, not very not good showing so far for the start of this season for them. But things are all wacky, of course, the Maui Classics being played in North Carolina. And so not an early, I don't have an early bead on the good teams in college basketball just yet. But I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks when things get a little bit normal, I will at this point. Don't run, really want to get involved in the betting aspect of college basketball yet. Just uh, seeing some wacky endings and some wacky starts, uh, to say the least, for sure. Mm. We got a football game coming up, Joe, on Wednesday. It'll be the Ravens and Steelers. And I know you're all pumped up for this one, but like 3.40 Eastern in the afternoon football. An yeah. NFL game, middle of the week. It feels like a bowl game. Like, that's kind of <laughs> the way I see it here.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of the right tone, I guess it is. But um, I don't know. You know, I like when the games, you know, I love the standalone game where you can really just sit and concentrate on that one because on Sunday, you know, you're focusing on the fantasy aspects and all the things, and the standalone game, I don't know. I always enjoy it. And you're right, it's not going to be the same with RG3 a quarterback, but at least they're gonna have Dobbins, they're gonna have Ingram, they've already passed the protocols, and because of that extra game. You day think the Ravens really- have a chance,
1: honestly? You think the Ravens have a chance in this
2: game? Uh, no, but this is one of those in division games and you know for all of those things you know wacky things happen sometimes and it would not shock me if the Ravens kept it close for a little while because I think there's something also odd about the stopping and start (laughs) well the stopping and starting you know what I mean of of these guys are creatures of habit you know this I know this you know this better than most especially the baseball players right I mean what you do on certain days and how you do it and the stopping and starting and all this stuff's been very weird I think for the Pittsburgh Steelers and they've done it a lot and they've had an incredible a uh, season, despite all of these weird hiccups in their scheduling, and they are going to be without James Conner. Not that that's a huge loss, considering they still have Benny Snell. But I, I think that you would imagine Pittsburgh wins this handily. But this is kind of the Ravens' season here, isn't it? I mean, they're on the outside looking in, and they've had yeah. every bad thing possibly happen to them. So to me, this is all out in division rival. I don't expect them to lay down and die, but. To your point, I think it's fair to say, do they have enough on the field to compete? And I think they're going to do everything they possibly can to try because this is their season right now. This is it. This is their playoffs. This is win. And you're still relevant. If you lose, then you're looking up at teams like Cleveland and you're looking up at teams like the Raiders. And this is not where the Ravens thought they would be. Could you imagine the Raven fans sitting at home right now, looking at the record of the Cleveland Browns, that's a stunning revelation to anybody who is a Ravens fan their entire life is looking at the Cleveland Browns right now and saying, Oh my God, we must win this game. Otherwise we become irrelevant in this division. And it's because the Cleveland Browns have been so good that that is where all this pressure comes from because you lose now twice to Pittsburgh. That's it. You're done. You're out of it. Basically.
1: Yeah, no, I, I know. And that's a, it's a nice story, Joe, that you're writing here, but, (laughs) but, 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 but for me with the NFL, I am a one-week guy, and anything can happen in one week, and I totally get it. I have to have a caveat in pro football, and that is when the quarterback goes out. And that, to me, is just, it is so big in the NFL. We saw it in Jacksonville. Luton came in. He had one good game. He fell apart. Um, backup quarterbacking, for whatever reason, in pro football is dreadful, and there's only two or three in the entire league that you would even consider even using as a backup not even as a starter, but as a backup. And no disrespect to Robert Griffin, who, again, back when I was watching Monday Night Football games with Kendall Langford, may have been okay as a quarterback in the NFL, but he is not now, and he doesn't have his weapons there either. And the NFL should postpone this game and play in Week 18, just like all the other games that they had to finagle with, including the Broncos, and just add another week to keep it competitive. Because let me tell you something, you may, listen. Hopefully, this game is good on Wednesday. <laughs> I got to tell you, if the Steelers win this game, and I don't uh-huh. know that it'll happen, but if it is similar to the Saints and Broncos, and it could be, it very well could be. If it's like a forty-one nothing type deal, then shame on you, NFL man. Like, just just mm-hmm. make the games competitive. I would, we would all much rather see competitive football than these throwaway nonsense games because of guys being out with COVID. I mean, baseball got through it. They added games. Teams went on the road, but they were the home team. It's fine. We can wait another week. It's not a big deal. I don't know what the deal is with this. All the games having to be pushed back. How about getting into your fantasy football playoffs next week? You're going to have to wait till Tuesday night again to know. I mean, it's it's... It's just bonkers. I mean, what, what's the big deal for adding an extra week? On, where are we all going? We're all home anyway. I, I don't. I
2: don't. <laughs> I agree. I, I think it's the floodgate. I think. I think it's the floodgate effect that they're trying to. Stop. I think they know that if they open that up then uh, then they're also then taking a little bit of the discipline of everybody else. You know, if you did what you were supposed to do, then then you know, why are, are someone else getting penalized for it? It's it's and I get all that. And and look, the ripple effect of the movement of this game, too. You've seen the other games getting moved and shifted with Monday night games and all the other things. I'm trying to keep tabs on all of this for the next couple of weeks is going to be fascinating. But I'm with you. This is this is kind of a breaking point where if you get another game like you got on sunday in denver where it's just not an nfl game let's be honest it wasn't an nfl game it was, not. I it was embarrassing i think it was very sad i, I
1: felt very bad for the broncos well it they made
2: it an example they, i think the nfl decided to make an example of the denver broncos and say if you're not gonna fought this is what's gonna happen now that's all fine and dandy, except you can follow the protocols and still sometimes things happen. And I think that's where you start to get a little bit of a divide here. And I think that's where it gets complicated. And I do think they should have just had this in week eighteen. What an amazing playoff game this could potentially feel like week eighteen. Why
1: not? Exactly. I just push everything back. What well, I don't I,
2: it just makes no sense
1: to me. But we'll have the game tomorrow. Coming up next, it's time for us to take our look into the sports card universe with Josh Cohen. Sports card. Patrick Mahomes card. A lot of money. Don't go right away. <laughs> And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As always, each and every Tuesday here on the show, we check in on the sports card market with our friend Josh Cohen of PC Sports Cards and PCSportsCards.com. Each and every week, Josh is sending cards to get graded on behalf of other customers to PSA, which is the most prominent grading company right now in the world, over 10,000 cards per week. So he has a chance to see some of the best cards in the world going to get graded and even gets to see them when they come back before he sends them back to his customers or sells them, depending on <laughs> what they decide to do. Josh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Ready to dive into a little football conversation today. How are you? How are you doing?
3: Doing pretty good today, Craig. Always a good weekend when you get to eat a lot of crappy food.
1: Um... Football you know, yesterday was good. You look like you lost weight from last week, though. We'll disagree with on that one. Okay. Well look, we we'll have the weigh-in after the show, like Tyson and, and Roy Jones. Okay, so uh, okay, so what did we see on Sunday that could affect the card market? Okay, let's start with this. Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago, Josh, I mean, honestly, we're talking about Herbert, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, all these guys potentially to win the MVP. It is in focus right now that it looks like Mahomes is headed toward another MVP, maybe even another Super Bowl. So I suppose that people who waited and have been holding these Patrick Mahomes cards to get graded or potentially to sell, maybe now is the time because he's as hot as he's ever going to be, or maybe wait another month and, and see if he captures another Super Bowl. What is the dynamic as it includes? And are you seeing an influx of his cards coming in? I would suppose it's just been consistent all season.
3: So we've seen a lot of Mahomes cards coming. Like you just said, it's consistent. Mahomes, 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 Mahomes every single week. Um, One thing we did see last week, actually yesterday, we uh, we had a silver rookie end on auction, and it went back up to what it was preseason. So they're already on the rise. People are repricing another Super Bowl, another MVP in. It may be time to start buying them. They may go to new levels of highs. It's a very common card, so it's a little tough. I would stick to the more rare cards like this – Gold Auto Prism Mahomes uh, just came back today from grading. It's
1: probably a fifty or sixty thousand dollar card at least. Yeah, we should, just, uh, hey, Josh. We should just stick to buying fifty thousand dollar cards every week. That sounds yeah, like
3: yeah. If you could afford, I mean, we some people can afford it. Some people can't. If you can't afford it, then I would say say go to the lower end cards. You know, go to the cards that might be undervalued, some of the off-brands, not the Prism, not the Select, not those. It
1: depends what your budget is. Everybody's budget is different. No, I know. So this is a $50,000 card? So what what happens with this card now? It goes to auction? What what, what happens? This card is actually going
3: back to the customer. Uh, We had some interest when we posted it on Instagram, but he said he wants
1: to keep it for a long
3: time. And I don't blame him. You're not going to find many of them out there.
1: So... Yeah. I mean, look, from a historical perspective, it looks like Holmes is on that track to the Hall of Fame and all of those other things. But gosh, I got to say that that temptation would be its there. hard.
3: Yeah, I saw so- I sold him a Holmes card earlier this year. Uh, one of his National Treasures RPAs because I saw Dak get hurt and then I saw Burrow get hurt. You know, the risk factor is there. F- football, y- you could be out for a year, two years really quick. Your Your career could be over. I made my
1: money. I moved on to the next thing. Yeah, and and speaking of which, the other player, a lot of a lot of people felt Sunday was like a kind of passing of the torch type game. Tom Brady loses, but in the end, I, I would think, Josh, that Brady's a really good investment. I, I know that his his rookie cards are are kind of strange because he was and look, rookie cards now are so different than they were when Brady was a rookie, and no one really predicted Brady to do anything. So I know some of his rookie cards, he's in like sweatpants and things like that. <laughs> I know his cards are still valuable, but. It was like keeping, getting those things and keeping them in good condition. I mean, we're talking about 19 years already here. A lot of those
3: cards are probably still sitting in boxes of people that forgot they collected cards, right? It, it was Brady. It was a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. I don't even remember. Um, but you, you didn't grade them right away. Now people are opening packs and sending them right in to get graded, so they're in the best condition they could possibly be in, you know? Brady's rookie cards, his rookie auto set records last year, quarter million dollars, half million dollars. You know, lots of serious, serious, serious money. There's less of them. They're harder to get graded. You know, the grade, much more condition sensitive when you look at them. Um, Then you look at Mahomes and his cards are ticking up. So what's the investor looking at? It it comes to a lot of recency bias. That's why Mahomes is high in my mind.
1: Yeah, and, and it makes sense. I have a lot of like just base Brady tops cards, and and I just think that they're going to go up. I mean, nothing's going to break the bank, but if if any basic card of the best player in sports is going to be worth something like they were in the past, why not Brady? And so you can get a Brady card for two bucks, get it graded, you get a ten. Maybe it turns into fifty on the low end scale as far as someone who's investing in cards. The one thing that's always I found fascinating is it just doesn't matter how good a rookie is. Josh, if he doesn't play quarterback, it just doesn't seem like a good investment. And 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 I know that Saquon Barkley got hurt and I know Christian McCaffrey got hurt and people are just dreading the fact that they didn't sell them when they had the opportunity to, but it just does speak to the nature of football where it's almost like quarterback or nothing and we're seeing some tremendous rookie play this year, especially from wide receivers.
3: Yeah, there's some great rookies out there. One guy that one young guy that comes to mind is actually AJ Brown. And also um, DK Metcalf. Those two come to mind for me a couple years ago, two or three years ago, they were drafted. DK Metcalf, we saw a huge spike in this year. Um, Some guys like T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk, go Sun Devils. A couple of those guys might be good investments. Listen, we're looking at record prices for everything. Not only individual cards, but case prices, box prices to validate that value You might see those position players as actually good investments because of the price of the of the product to open. It is so expensive that it'll either stop getting opened and then it'll just go up or those players will catch up in value.
1: Last week we talked on the show, the first big football product that come out was uh, by Panini, one called Mosaic. You and I talked about that a little bit. I, I think we showed Justin Herbert's card and how much that went up but we have a new product coming on the horizon from panini which is arguably their top product of 2020 so what does that mean for all those mosaic cards and is there a lesson to be learned from all of this because i i, I mean i feel like i learned the lesson myself i told you i, I bought some jalen hurts cards and and here i was expecting to pop on and see them go for more the guy is getting closer to being relevant and going for less yeah um The new product is Panini Prism. I know we've talked about it the
3: past couple weeks. That's what I would call one of the best grinding products. It's a grinding product because you're going to open it. You're going to search through it and you're going to grade a lot of cards to increase the value. So it's a grind to get through the product. Um, So with that coming out, we've seen retail release. And I think that on December 2nd, we're going to see hobby release. It may be the next week. I'm not exactly sure. They keep on pushing the date back every week. So I'm not really on top of it today. but we've already seen Justin Herbert Mosaic prices come down, which is something we talked about. Mm-hmm. People are going to go for the best product, which is Prism right now. Until that changes, Prism is going to be what people go after. So this week, we've seen Justin Herbert PSA 10 Mosaic card that was selling for around $500. The last one auctioned at $360. Last week, we talked about his autograph card that ended at about $2,600. One ended last night for just under $2,100. Wow. So yeah. people are going to start doing this where they're going to start taking their profits. Listen, if you bought a Mosaic card for 50 bucks, you spent 65 to get it graded fast, you're into it for 120, 130 bucks after grading, you're still happy getting your 350 or 360 out of it. You go buy two of his base Prism cards. You re- You grade those now. You'll probably get somewhere in the... $600,000 range, if you have the first ones out there, maybe even more. Who knows? And now your money, now, now what you started with $50 with a few bucks for grading, now it could be worth $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. And we're seeing a lot of our customers do that. You churn into new products.
1: Yeah, a lot a lot of flipping going on. Real quick, before we get to my card of the week, uh, does it make sense to buy the Prism product now or wait? Because if Mosaic went down, doesn't that mean Prism is naturally to go down? We've got about a minute left. Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, after it starts coming out, Group
3: breakers start breaking it, and it starts getting into people's hands. Getting it fast is going to be important. You could wait a week or two. I think that we'll see a drop when we get the influx of cards, probably at the end of the year. But then we're going to go into January, and we're going to start getting tax refunds and stuff like that where more money is going to come to the market. Sure. It's, it, it's a very gray area is my answer. OK. Uh,
1: my card of the week, this came back from Josh. I submitted all of my cards, uh, kept a lot of them. And I know that this is not an expensive card, but I just wanted to show it. Because it did get a PSA 10. This is a 1996 Upper Deck. You would think 10-cent card, worthless, found it in a box, sent it in, got a PSA 10. Mark McGuire and uh, and Will Clark together, a uh, photographer by the name of Vijay Lavero put this set together in 1996 for Upper Deck. He passed away, by the way, in two, in 2004. Card's only worth like 40 or 50 bucks, probably in a PSA 10. But just goes to show you, you can find stuff if you dig hard enough Into your old stuff, maybe even get a 10. Hey, Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We'll catch up again next week. Be well. Thanks a lot, Craig. You too. All right, Josh Cohen, PCsportsCards.com. Check them out on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll be right back.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Just one week left in the regular season for fantasy football, and then we head to the fantasy football playoffs. In terms of the regular season for the NFL, It sure feels like we already know who the most valuable player is going to be. And if you didn't guess and you didn't know, it's very simple. You just go over to the FanDuel Sportsbook and they would tell you. They're not telling you who's going to win. They're showing you the odds. (laughs) And the odds basically at this point are telling you, Joe, that the MVP of the league is Patrick Mahomes. So we'll uh, Mm -hmm. dive into this in just a second. But, I mean, simply put at this point, barring some catastrophe, There is no value, I don't think, in taking anybody else.
2: No, I I don't think so either, and you're right. I think it would only take catastrophe, and you know, you could argue maybe it was catastrophe last year, and missing time of the injury is why Mahomes didn't win it last year. As great as Lamar Jackson was, at the end of the day, Mahomes won the more important MVP, and that's Super Bowl MVP. You know, at the end of all things, that's what really matters. And it's funny too, you go back and look at the history of this award. You've got some guys like Tom Brady, who's never won MVP and the super bowl in the same year. And you've seen some other guys that it absolutely is the case. And uh, it's a fascinating back and forth and it's become basically a quarterback award too. Although you can argue maybe Derek Henry is pretty darn valuable as well to his team. And I don't know where the Tennessee Titans will be without that guy. It's a quarterback award it's become a quarterback award for a running back or anybody else even enter into that conversation they've got to be so transcendent and it's very difficult at this point in the nfl and what the nfl is but what we're seeing with patrick mahomes is something truly special we're only into year three here of this career and it just feels like we're seeing possibly the greatest all-around quarterback ever there's been quarterbacks that have great decision making skills some with great arms, some with the ability to be mobile and and get around there. And then there's Patrick Mahomes who can do all of those things. And then on top of that, he makes plays that I don't even think that we've ever seen. He makes plays that seem impossible. He makes sidearm throws around the back throws. He does things where it seems like he's playing a different game than everybody else. And he's doing it so early in his career, Craig, where I don't know what the limit is for him. I don't know if there is a ceiling. I think when all said and done. It wouldn't shock me if statistically speaking, if he wants to play as long as some of these other guys like Breeze, like Brady, like Manning, that he's going to maybe shatter all those records that those guys have. We're sitting here looking at these records of Breeze and Manning and Brady going, oh my God, what incredible records these guys are having. But really, where the NFL is going and trending to, it's hard not to imagine that Patrick Mahomes can surpass all of them as long as he stays healthy. And if he decides he wants to play this long, because to me, I've never seen anybody play the quarterback position with the ease of Patrick Mahomes and the decision making and the athleticism and the combination of all of those things and the intangibles. It's just so fun to watch and, and anybody look, if you're not a cheese fan, I don't care. Go out there and watch Patrick Mahomes play four quarters of football. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. That's what you want to go out there and do. I don't care if he's on your fantasy team. I don't care if you hate the Chiefs. Go watch Patrick Mahomes because you are seeing history in the making.
1: All right, let's take a look at the odds on FanDuel just for the heck of it. Patrick (laughs) Mahomes minus 400. So basically, you're risking $400 to win 100. That's not a good bet. Aaron Rodgers is plus 650 after his great game on Sunday night. Russell Wilson after last night's game is plus 650 on FanDuel. Ben Roethlisberger is 20-1, to and you're just throwing money away, betting on anybody else at this point, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. What kind of case could we make for – let's even forget Big Ben for a minute for either Rodgers or Wilson with a handful of games left. I I suppose Mahomes, Joe, goes out, throws two touchdowns, 15 interceptions, something wacky like that. Rodgers doesn't throw a pick, or Wilson – I don't know. I I, I, it, I I'm trying to find a way to build some value here for someone to throw ten dollars on and to make sixty, but I just don't see it. I don't. There it, it, again, no, there's the just only a handful a couple of things weeks left. And, and by the way, one of those games ago. from Holmes is against Miami. I would figure that he'd
2: probably have a good game against them. So you would think. I don't see it. I think I think the value was a couple of weeks ago when Kyler Murray was on, and he is still on pace to make a, a a record we've never seen before a guy rush for a thousand yards and throw for over 4,000 yards that that is a stunning thing and if he had continued to be on this pace and had last couple weeks been great I think when he got fallen on and that AC all of a sudden you could see just wasn't the same guy wasn't the same guy last week too and and it's it's a bummer but at 25 to 1 where a guy could control his own destiny where the guys ahead of him at the time were Russell Wilson and Josh Allen Well, he beat Josh Allen head-to-head in an incredibly entertaining and dramatic fashion that became a very big national game. That Hale-Murray pass, that game, that's the kind of game that you have and these incredible moments in that game. And then the finish of that game, the drama of it, that drives a narrative in the media where all of a sudden it becomes really interesting for his odds. And they went from 25 down to what, 8-1? to And then he had to beat Russell Wilson the second time. If he had done that, I think he would have controlled it. And unfortunately, that is dead now too. Well, but he did one of the two ifs. He was he he beat Josh Allen, so you leapfrog that guy. That was the only other guy where I thought there was a good bet besides Mahomes because of what Murray was doing statistically, what he was doing out of nowhere. He is kind of this guy you see on commercials. He is he's got a pretty public presence. I think for a guy who's still relatively new to the league. And I think it's the end of the day. It's a media war too, and and it's going to be guys like Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray's kind of that new kid on the block. And last year Lamar was kind of that new kid on the block, so you can make that case for it. But now that's dead too. I don't think looking at what I saw, I think Seattle's going to play better with Carson and Hyde healthy, and that might pull back a little bit of what Russell Wilson needs to do statistically. I don't think there's another bet on here. And Rodgers has played great. Wilson's played great. Big Ben probably not discussed enough. Like I, I mean, think about all the scheduling changes. Think about coming back from the injury. Thinking about some of the new personnel he's had to yeah. work with there that he's not used to. They are undefeated, and we're talking about him as an afterthought. And I think that's kind of not fair. And he's not even going to win the Comeback Player of the Year award now because Alex Smith. Have you looked at those odds lately? They're pretty much the same as Mahomes. I think they're think it's like yeah, no, they they minus nine hundred. a great story. Yeah, it is a great story. But like Ben Roethlisberger, undefeated. Playing great. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad. The guy's going to yeah, have no, no hardware that, in the trophy I, case. Yeah.
1: What, what's interesting is that, you know, honestly, what FanDuel could do is they could just keep these odds up, but also give the runner up, you know? But what are the odds for the runner up for the MVP? That's
2: interesting. Has that ever been yeah. done? I've never heard of that before, but that's kind of fun. There you go. Because there's no, no action at the not. top it's lonely no then
1: top is done <laughs> but but definitely like then, then if we were to do that here on the show we could even go deeper than Roethlisberger and throw a dart at somebody and say if this happens and if this happens and if that this happens because look anything could happen with Green Bay or Seattle they could go mm-hmm. one and three and Pittsburgh could lose a couple in a row maybe there's somebody beyond you know maybe Jamal Adams jumps into the conversation His mean, this guy's been on fire lately I mean again there's a lot of different ways that you could go with it but Mahomes at this point, barring a catastrophe. When you see a four to one, a one to four odds, essentially risking a 400 to win a hundred. It's a waste. All right. Now the Heisman has gotten a little bit closer because of Mac Jones's great game against Auburn last week. So let's look at those odds. And uh, Jones is now still the dog and Kyle Trask is still the favorite. But this week, Alabama plays LSU. It's the last game of the season. This is it. So... I suppose if Alabama rolls LSU and and Saban lets Mac Jones throw like six or seven touchdown passes, then this is going to become a dead heat because Tras did not play fantastic last week and he has one more game left as well. So uh, it's going to be close here because again, that LSU Alabama game is going to get a lot of national attention, even though LSU is not very good this year. And you saw uh, coach O yelling at the quarterback last yeah. week too. We haven't seen that out of him in a ever i don't think just going berserk on the quarterback uh trevor lawrence is nine to one he's pretty much out he didn't play enough games he didn't play enough games fields easily could have been the heisman trophy award winner but it's so hard to give a guy that heisman when you don't play and, and it's the same thing with him like they're on one week they're off one week and then zach wilson will just keep <laughs> throwing his name up byu's not going to play for another month and they haven't played in two weeks he had a nice year and wilson ends up being maybe a first or second round pick in the nfl so the Heisman is interesting, Joe, because it's not that significant minus 135. Um, if, if, if I think if Jones has a monster game at Alabama, it's going to be really close. That would be my guess.
2: Yeah. I w- I'm sorry. I would
1: agree with that. Against LSU. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Against LSU. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I, I got to watch uh, that Alabama game this weekend and I watched Trevor Lawrence play this weekend too. And I actually got to sit down and watch more college football last weekend that I've been watching a long time on a Saturday. And you know like all these guys are phenomenally talented but I, I think where it's looking right now is kind of Trask. i feel like has become that darling where he's just sort of bucking the trend and you have the guys that, you know, like the top of the, you know, Alabama shelf and Trevor Lawrence has been the guy and he's won a championship as a freshman, you know, Trask has kind of the feel good story here. I think if he has a big game, then I think he can actually win this award. I really do. Uh, and Mac Jones is very impressive too. And, and, you know, we talked before earlier in our one about four quarterbacks, at least maybe five going in the first round. Well, there's four of them right there for sure. And there's no doubt in my mind when you watch those four guys play that. They can all play in the NFL. I I think, you know, I I still believe Trevor Lawrence to be the the best bet or the safest guy at the very top of that list from everything that I've seen. I don't know if your opinion differs from that, but having seen what I've seen, not just this game, but in the last couple of years from some of these guys, I still feel like Trevor Lawrence is that guy at the very top of the class. I think so. no matter who wins yeah, the Heisman, win, right?
1: Yeah, I I think so. The good news is is that we're going to have a chance to see Trevor Lawrence play some huge games coming up here in the bowl games, in the semifinal and maybe the final. So that's a nice little look we'll get at him. In terms of Trask, we have a minimum of, of, I would say, four games left for him Mm -hmm. because he plays at Tennessee this week. They're going to crush them. Uh, Then they play LSU at home, and they should win that game too, and that's the one that probably will secure Trask the Heisman. They have to win both those games. He has to play well in both those games. Then they're going to play in the SEC Championship and then they're and then they have another shot to either play in that playoff or even play in a very big bowl game because florida Florida. is to one of the best bowl games as well so we're gonna get good looks against good competition it's just not seeing them play at all i think has hurt heights and chances so perhaps lawrence jumps back up a little bit i do think it's a two-man race i think it's between jones and Trask. Trask being the favorite it's very clear if florida beats tennessee and if florida beats lsu Draft, probably wins the high spin. We'll be right back here with Fantasy and Reality. Go away.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up tomorrow's show, we'll preview the game between The Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers, a 340 Eastern game. And then, of course, on Thursday's show, we'll review all of the new and non-contracts given in Major League Baseball as the deadline to tender contracts to arbitration eligible players is coming up on uh, the 2nd of December. So we'll have some interesting talk on that as well. Make sure you stay tuned all week long here to Sports Grid and, of course, Fantasy Sports Today. All right, Joe, let's tip it off here. A little fantasy or reality as we wrap up our show here for this Tuesday. And it's really interesting to see the NFC East last night really crumble with the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> going down. I feel, like, I feel like I've moved them out of, of any conversation uh, in terms of winning that division. I think it is Washington or it is New York, at least in my opinion. And so let's start off with a fantasy reality surrounding Washington which is, of course, the name of their team is the football team. And they have said that there is a chance because of all of this marketing that they've done and all the T-shirts and everything that they've made that they may end up keeping the team name football team. But here is what we're going to ask on this show. Fantasy or reality? The football team name should stay if they make the playoffs. Fantasy (laughs) reality, Joe?
2: Well, I'm not much for superstitions, but I do respect the streaks. And uh, it is kind of ironic that this team that has been – plagued more often than not with bad luck bad decision making bad ownership all these things like nothing ever goes right for washington from a football standpoint even years ago when they had rg3 who ironically is going to be playing football tomorrow things just never seemed like they were going to take it just always seemed like everything is destined to fail now you've had the name change and i feel like there's a little bit of karma at play where somehow Washington looks like they are making this push here late. Now they're in a bad spot here because of their performances against the giants, but their performance against the Eagles is very good. And they're going to play the Eagles again, the very last game of the season. Now here's the problem going down the stretch here. They have a game against Seattle and a game against Pittsburgh. Those are probably two losses. Now I'm going to ask you, Craig, they are going to play uh, obviously going forward. They have the Eagles in that last week. They have the Carolina Panthers at home. And then they go on the road for the 49ers. So it seems like there's two, maybe three wins in there. If things, everything breaks right. And I think that would get it done. But I got to tell you, if they get it done, I wouldn't change the name. I think you stick with whatever's working in the karma and you ride this puppy out until you figure out something better. Because in the words of Bull Durham, you just don't screw with a streak. If things are going right for you in sports, the rose goes into the front, big guy. And that's what you do. So, I'll put it to you, Craig. Number one, do you think the Washington football team legit has a shot here with that schedule? It's a little tricky. And number two, if they should actually win this division and make the playoffs for the first time in a while, would you then consider them, you know, kind of tied to this name?
1: I think they probably got another year in them. So, I'll say reality of being the Washington okay. football team. It was bizarre that this was the direction that they went. You would think with all of the different creative abilities that everybody has in this world, that they could have honestly in 24 hours paid somebody a million dollars to say, what's the best option? And then chosen that. But they chose to go with football team. Thus far, they've been an inspiring team to watch for sure. They have one of the best stories of the season with Alex Smith, who is playing well. Antonio Gibson, who is playing well. McLaurin, playing well. Defense, playing well. I think they are going to win the division and uh, as much as I, I give credit to the giants the giants don't put anybody away no one <laughs> they play right down to the wire in every game and that's mm-hmm. dangerous eventually they're going to lose some of those tight games and they have already this season so uh, i i'm going to say washington makes it and they'll probably get knocked out right away but it's been a long time you're right since they've made it since they've been relevant maybe since as you mentioned rg3 i think that was the last time that they made the playoffs if i'm not mistaken when, think about this dude,
2: alex smith could be playing quarterback in a playoff game in january that's an incredible thing when we look about where he was not that's that awesome. long ago we thought yeah. he was done with football and all this stuff and he might be playing in a playoff game what what an they play well turn he has played pretty well there's every i mean that that was my next follow-up is like if they do get to the playoffs do you go into next year going you know that alex smith that's our guy that's our guy next year going forward. We're I would say so. to I will
1: draft somebody again, probably to make sure, but you know, the other part of that schedule that you mentioned too, with San Francisco, that would be Alex Smith facing off against his former team on top of that, oh, not shit. in San Francisco. So not really a road game.
2: That's true in Arizona, right? <laughs> They've so, now relocated. Yeah, they I retired to Glendale. The giants
1: easily <laughs> beat out Washington here. I'm not saying, look, if, if we're looking, I don't know what the odds are on FanDuel. My guess is they're even, it could easily be the giants, but uh, I, I think it's gonna be washington. i I've like the way they've played all season long. They've been in every game very close mm-hmm. all season long. And I suppose that's kind of going against what I said because, like the Giants, they're in uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the Giants are also involved right to the end of the game. Washington's right. But Washington put some teams away this year. They put away Dallas pretty good last Thursday. All right, let's move on to free agency. Uh, the Mets, by the way, looks like they're going to sign Trevor May. I just saw that, the reliever for the Minnesota Twins. That's a report that's going on now. So that's their big free agent signing The start. Let's go over to George Springer. George Springer. Uh, George Springer right now, still a free agent, probably going to be a free agent for at least another month or two. I don't see any of the big guys signing until they get this DH thing figured out. Fantasy reality. George Springer should be the Mets' top priority, Joe. Fantasy
2: or reality? This is a slam dunk reality. George Springer is a guy worth investing in. George Springer sends a message to the entire organization, to the division, to the league. Hey, we're in this thing. We believe in this team and we can make this push. And George Springer, I think, is one of the best players in baseball. And, and not to mention, the Mets have had some troubles in the outfield over the years, too. Got a lot of nice players that can go through there. They haven't had anybody like George Springer in a while. It's been a long time since the Mets had a, a perennial 3,100 kind of guy patrolling the outfield. And it would be nice to get some more offensive productivity. I mean, the fact the guy can hit number one in the order if you want him to, or he can hit later in the order, I'm sure too. Uh, he grew up in the tri-state area. It's another thing. Like there, there's a lot of things here where I think also bringing in a player from, from a winning culture, you could call it a cheating culture if you want, but they also want a lot of games. I think that's important. I think you kind of need to surround this team a little bit with some guys that have kind of been there done that know how to win a little bit so if you can do that you should now that being said i don't think he's gonna end up with the mets. i think cone's gonna try and i give him all the credit in the world for trying but maybe at the end of the day he'll throw so much money on him it won't even matter and he'll have no choice but to sign with the mets but i gotta tell you craig i think it should be a reality they should make him their top priority i think this is the kind of thing that they need desperately to lengthen this order Give them somebody who is a real legitimate MVP caliber kind of talent there. And Alonzo's a nice player. McNeil's a nice player. I get we got some pieces there for the New York Mets. But Springer's kind of a game changer. And they haven't had game-changing guys come in via free agency, oh, I don't know, since, what, Carlos Beltran probably? And that's a long time, my friend. That is a very, very long time. I didn't have kids. That's how long ago that's been.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say fantasy here. I am going to say fantasy. Uh, and, and the reason why is because it it has appeared that the Mets pitching has been good for a long time and can't stay healthy, but it, it's evident that they just don't have good pitching. So I think Bauer should be their top priority. I do. I, I think the Grom and Bauer, look what you're having to fight against with the Braves pitching. Look what you're having to fight against with the Nationals pitching. And the Marlins have a lot coming too. Uh, I, I, I think they, I, I think Bauer is more important and and there's one name that you didn't mention on the Mets that I that I I thought had a great year last year and maybe can repeat that again. It's Conforto. Conforto's a really good player too. Played played a player. Lot Another nice player. player.
2: Another nice player, I mean, but they don't have very transcendent good. superstars. He is very good, but the Mets are like the Hall of Very Good. Let's get some great. You know, yeah. how about well, some great?
1: We, just, we see it differently. I, I think you want Degrom on the mound opening day, Bauer in game two, as opposed to a guy Springer like two?
2: I want them all. Can maybe I have they, them all? Yeah.
1: I don't know how much money they're going to spend. Maybe listen. Financially, any owner can do it. It's just a matter of wanting to do it.
2: Mm, that's true. That's true. Uh, I guess the luxury tax. We'll see uh, how familiar Mr. Cohn wants to get with the luxury tax. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll find out. It's. I don't think we'll find out next week, but we'll we'll find out before. <laughs> no, February. we're not going to
2: find out next week. No, that's for sure. No, we might no. not find out next month or the month after that. It's going to be a long. We'll find out a long, next, like, a week uh,
1: after opening day. <laughs> you know, <brilliant. laughs> me, honestly, I don't know. Okay, finally a little fantasy reality. We close it out with a holiday movie here and Scrooge is always a very popular character. Scrooge duh with a D was the movie I believe that Bill Murray starred in, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Classic. So fantasy reality, Joe, Bill Murray was the best, is the best, sorry, mm-hmm. not was, is the best Scrooge ever. Fantasy reality. Well,
2: I'm going to tell you, I don't know if he's Who's the he best on? Scrooge ever. He is well, he's up against a lot of great actors. But in terms can we go of really, through that we can. I've got we've got well, the original old school is out is uh not Alister Sim. Everyone thinks it's Alistair Sim, but there was one before that with Reginald Owen, which I think is hilarious. It is one of the greatest bad movies you'll ever see. If you can go find the original Christmas Carol, I think it's like 1939 or something with Reginald Owen. Uh, he is hysterical. The, the children in that movie, Bob Cratch's children are like on crack cocaine. They're insane. I can't describe it to you. It's something you have to see. There's a lot of hilarious one-liners that are totally inappropriate in context nowadays that I encourage everybody. So I, that's like pretty far up there i never liked alistair sim then you've also got michael Caine, who of course did the the muppet christmas carol a very popular one you had albert finney george c scott a lot of great actors do this and even jim carrey did the animated one which i found hard to watch i didn't care for it patrick stewart played him i thought that was an incredibly boring version yet i heard he also did a one-man show on on broadway and in london of a one-man christmas carol which is pretty impressive I mean he's doing all the split personalities of all the ghosts and Ebenezer Scrooge but I just watched Scrooged with Bill Murray this weekend with my kids showed it to them for the first time they loved it I always love that one and I'm gonna say he is the best Scrooge because there's something really lovable about Bill Murray especially at the end of that movie where it feels like there is no script it feels like he's just out there and he's talking to the screen he's telling you you know it's Christmas time go out there and have some fun and and you know, say thank you and say, I love you to somebody doing this. Stuff. I don't know. There's something really just authentic about Bill Murray at the end of that movie. And nobody plays jerk. I think better than Bill Murray either. So you get that combination. I'm going to say it's reality. I think he's the best to ever do it. And I understand it's updated. I understand it's unique. It's not the period version, but I like my Bill Murray as Scrooge and I'm going to go to the grave on that one. And who knows, maybe as I go to the grave, I'll be visited by a few ghosts as well.
1: I'd be willing to just say reality because I haven't seen a lot of those a lot of those flicks that you're talking about, but I have seen Scrooge. I could go with that for sure. Bill Murray's Bill Scrooge. Bill Murray is going to end up being one of the most, as you said, beloved, liked actors of our generation. No one will make him the best, but he is pretty much universally liked. Uh, it's like it, it, he's pretty like, much admired just a
2: guy. and versatile. Yes, I mean, I, I would a guy say- who could do. Caddyshack and lost in translation, you know, a guy yeah. who can make you cry and make you laugh. And, and I always, you know, it's funny, you know, Chris Farley got taken away from us far too soon. I always kind of wondered if Chris Farley, as he got older, would have done some more serious kind of things. Cause I think he would have been great. There was a lot going on with that guy. Same thing with Belushi, Belushi tried. And by the way, I don't know if you're a fan or not, but uh, the documentary that Showtime just did on John Belushi, I got to watch really well done very interesting what about Mandalorian some... where are you at with that I am uh, episode two in so I've done one and two on season okay. two so I've got I think three ahead of me still I want to say I think we're up to five if the I remember so. remember episode
1: is, what's that is the best one thus far in the series
2: the third one is that what you're saying yep all no right I'm very excited you. I think that's the one where Sasha Banks from WWE shows up too so that'll be fun I'm so we'll definitely get that. to check that out I know. That. You're not one to say. I understand that. But, uh, yeah, I'm Bill Murray, one of my all-time favorites.
1: I met Bill Murray once at uh, Marlin, at the old uh, Dolphins Stadium. Marlins played, uh, played the playoffs against the Marlins. He showed up. The game ended up. We'll wrap up the show next. Don't go away.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Joe and I will be right back here in these same seats on your same television or streaming device tomorrow at noon for another edition of Fantasy Sports today. Of course, Benny Ricciardi will be with us as he always is on Wednesdays, as well as Dr. David Chow with the latest on injuries in the NFL. Before we say so long to you here on this first day of December, I turn it over to Joe Zapia as he gives us his Sports Grid 60. Joe?
2: Last year, I thought the NFC East couldn't get any worse. Nobody could get out of their own way or wanted to seem to pull away to win that division. Well, I was wrong. It got worse this year. And now I'm starting to think about next year too. Is it going to be so simple as, well, Dak Prescott's back and healthy and they should be the Cowboys. Or if Carson Wentz can figure things out and get back to being Carson Wentz and they fix that offensive line, it should be the Eagles again. Maybe not. Maybe the Giants are better than people think. Maybe a healthy Saquon Barkley will be a game changer and they'll be just as competitive. Maybe Alex Smith isn't just a feel good story. Maybe he's the answer and what's been lagging there. And when you add in that defensive front and guys like chase young, my goodness, Washington might be competitive too. Now These are a lot of ifs, but looking forward into 2021, I can tell you right now, the NFC East is going to be just as much of a cluster as it is in 2020 and as it was in 2019. Anybody who tells you they know exactly how that division is going to shake out, I can tell you is automatically wrong. Plus, there's some hard decisions to make. Do the Eagles want to move on from wins? Will Dak be healthy? And will he be a Cowboy? Far more questions than answers.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm going to continue those questions in the same division with the owner of the Dallas Cowboys goes on FM radio this morning. And tries to compare his starting quarterback from a few weeks ago, Ben DiNucci, with Kendall Hinton of the Denver Broncos, saying that it's basically the same situation. Like, I have so much respect for Jerry Jones, one of the best businessmen the NFL has ever seen. And even from an ownership perspective, too. This is a horrible take. My gosh, Denver lost all their starting quarterbacks on their actual team. This guy Hinton's never thrown a pass in the NFL not even on the on the squad even in college basically throwing passes at least ben dinucci was a quarterback and by the way you drafted this guy (laughs) you you picked him up off the street to play he's been with the team the whole season apples and oranges jerry that'll do it for the show thanks to ltn of course ryan danny joe and brett i'm craig see you tomorrow at
2: noon